I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. A greater focus on delivering innovative next-generation financial technology and software solutions. That's now the promise from FIS for the future. What's it going to mean in practice? I speak to Sylvia Mensdorf, SVP, Head of EMEA Corporates and International Banking at FIS during FinTech Week London. But first, do you want to access the $10 billion Middle East FinTech opportunity? If the answer is yes, then join the CEDA IBSI FinTech Lab and fast track your journey of market expansion to the GCC with us. As a FinTech Lab member, you'll have access to skilled mentors and have the opportunity to learn, network, and collaborate with like-minded individuals, building your knowledge base, skills, and connections. Visit www.cedaribsifintechlab.com. Now, back to our conversation with Sylvia Mensdorf of FIS. There's, of course, a lot going on because the space that we operate in financial services is really broad. One of the things that we've established since we last spoke is a unit dedicated to platform. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to take all of our assets, put them in the cloud, and connect them and enable that way uh, a platform business that is going to be able to, to be leveraged by platforms themselves, marketplaces, but also by financial institutions, by corporates, to basically provide financial services. And the idea is also that this platform business will also enable embedded finance. So when you look at the recent acquisition that we've done in the U.S., bond that is all about additional functionality that we plan to slot into our platform what you're basically saying is here is our platform here is our playing field come and play on it exactly and you can pick and choose which building blocks you require to build the service that you want to bring to market normally i ask people one final question when i talk to them but i'm going to bring it up now because i think it has bearing on the way you're designing your business and the question last one is usually what's this going to look like in five years time what's it going to look like in 10 years time and quite often people just don't know because the pace of change is such that if I say what's happening in the next six months what's happening in the next 18 months we've all got a reasonably good idea what's happening in the next five years next 10 years is not as clear as it used to be So having said all of that, let me come back to the six to 18 months point. You're extending this platform business. You're hoping to make it, if I can put it this way, all things to all people so they can all come and use it. What does that look like in six to 18 months? How far down the track are you now doing that? And what do you expect it to be like as it becomes fully operational? So we're obviously adding functionality as we go, that there is a roadmap over the next three years to build that out. And so over 18 months, we'll probably be halfway, but we're going to start onboarding customers onto it. And, and so I, I see this growing out quite quickly. When you, when you talk about, you know, not being able to see that far in the future, that's correct. I also think that sometimes we, overestimate the amount of change that actually takes place. I think a lot of the things that we're doing now, we're still going to be doing in five years' time. We tend to add 
additional functionality. We usually don't take functionality away, which is one of the biggest problems in financial services. And so our intention with what we're building in the platform business is to simplify for everybody that wants to bring financial services to the market. Well, you want to simplify the platform, but life is going to get more complicated for you, whether you want it to or not, because of regulatory concerns. And also trying to, I assume, offer this platform across geographies. Yes. It's, you know, it's not just a Europe platform. Obviously, that's one of your key areas. It's not just a UK platform. It's not just an American platform. You've got to keep on top of all the regulatory requirements as well. Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the key things that we at FIS obviously do. You know, I think you can, you can kind of go, oh my God, more regulation. <laughs> uh, I, in the reverse, I always think, well, more regulation, more business, right? It's quite tough to stay on top of it, but you know, that's our expertise and that is what we, uh, what we do. I think one of the most critical things over the next five years is how quickly I think digital bank currencies will develop, right? Because even, you know, think about the MPA, the new, well, we shouldn't be calling it new anymore, even though it's not even gone live or not even been built yet. The new payment architecture, MPA. The MPA was designed six years ago, um, very well designed at that point. But at that point, nobody was talking about Central, Central bank, bank digital, digital currencies. currencies. Yeah. Now we're still talking about taking the MPA life. And I'm like, okay, well, but if we're also doing central bank digital currencies, how is that going to work? We can't invest in one thing and then three years down the line have to rebuild it again completely. So I think the impact of central bank digital currencies and how quickly that will go, I think that could completely change outlooks. The real question is, how quickly will I go? Will it go? And then the other piece is, you know, financial services are already quite complicated. Are we going to be able to explain this to consumers? I always think about anything that isn't, you know, that is normal technology. I equate that to Newtonian physics. Anything that's based on the uh, blockchain, I equate that to Einsteinian physics. Suddenly, Time bends, space bends, time is relative, <laughs> right? And, and so it's just very, a, a lot more complex to get your head around, right? And so I think we need to find a way of simplifying I'm, digital currencies in a way that they're still understandable and won't get abused. I think as far as the ultimate consumer is concerned, whether that consumer is an individual or a corporate, it's like driving a car. I don't need to be a mechanic to drive a car. I need to be a mechanic to understand how the car works, but most people yeah. don't need to understand how the car works. They uh, just need to be able to absolutely, drive it. Absolutely, but, but think about when the car was first introduced. It was a very technical thing. You almost needed to be a mechanic to operate it That's because the enough. technology and the, the service around it wasn't built yet. Right, and, and and that's what that space feels like. It's really early stage where it's very technologically driven and hasn't become that slick yet. Over five years' time, you know, you won't that that technology will be hidden, and you won't need to, well, to know that. I take you back to the example you cited of the MPA that was designed some years ago, and to quote you, very well designed, but it's out of date now. And it's not even there yet. Yeah. 
So just to, to equate that with how FIS works and, how, and FIS's business, you have got to be very agile to stay ahead of the game because if you're not, you're, you're going to be out of business. And that's true for everybody, right? So we've put a lot of effort into understanding what central bank digital currencies and cryptocurrencies mean mean to us and what type of services we can offer for that. And we've applied that to our capital markets business. We've applied that to our core banking business. We're applying that to our corporate business. And, and so it's really staying on top of these things and bringing those out. Well, the great thing about it is you're treating things as business opportunities, not business threats. Yeah, I always think in every threat, in every crisis, there's an opportunity. It just really depends on how you look at it. And so I wouldn't disregard threats, but I always would look into the opportunities that come out out of any change. And, you know, when you manage that smartly, something interesting comes out. Look at you know, some, what's happening now with the change in the financial markets, some of the issues that have happened in the in the U.S., that's currently really driving our treasury business because everybody kind of figured out, hey, we need to really take care of our cash. We need to know where we store it. And some of the issues that have happened in the in the U.S. are really Treasury 101, but it's, it's driving yeah, incredible. Don't take, a, don't take a one-way bet on interest rates. Uh, yeah, um, and, and and it's really driving companies that before had not considered that they needed a treasury system to look at the requirement for a treasury system. So, you know, conferences like today, FinTech, uh, London FinTech Week, one of the things uh, that, that we're doing is talking to all the FinTechs about, you know, do you have a treasury system? Are you in control of the cash that you're promising to manage? <laughs> Do you know what your money is doing? When did you see it last? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so, which is, it's a great business. And, and the other thing that's really interesting, and I think for a company like FIS is, is interesting, is when you're providing solutions on both sides of the equation. So we have solutions that are payment hubs for the large banks that will help them manage payments across the globe, wires, ACH, uh, SEPA, instant payments, and so on, uh, SWIFT, and so on. We also provide solutions for corporate payments. And it's quite interesting that sometimes the banks think that corporates need certain things or understand things in a certain way, and actually the corporates are thinking about it differently. We're about to launch research where we've interviewed both execs at financial institutions and consumers about what they need from financial services and what bank executives think that consumers need from financial services. And we're going to contrast that to see where the differences are in between what consumers think they need and what financial executives think that consumers need. You've put that very politely. I'm sure there is going to be a dissonance between the two. Yeah, well, I, so that there is usually a dissonance. But what I would say to that is that also sometimes when you ask consumers these questions, there's certain things that consumers don't know or certain things that consumers are overly concerned about that banking executives would look at differently. But what, what that probably then shows is that there is a gap in understanding and communication. So it's not just about solving 
a different way of providing services. It's also about how you communicate those services, how how you ensure that people feel safe to transact and understand actually what what they're doing. Which brings us back to the need for a quality platform. Where's your expected area of greatest growth in the regions you look after? In the regions I look after, uh, so one is, as I said, corporate treasury. Uh, there's a lot going on there. And then we still see a lot of need for card platforms. A lot of financial institutions have their card platforms on-premise. Uh, they're now seeing this is becoming more and more of a commodity and uh, are talking about bringing these to a platform provider like like FIS. So that's those are great discussions, discussions to have, never a boring moment. Right? And then the other thing is ultimately also innovation and cleaning up some of the mess that we've created. When I was uh, little, I always wanted to be an archaeologist. I thought it would be interesting to dig up old cities. Um, and then I went into uh, financial services, and now I'm still digging up old cities. <laughs> because somewhere down there, there is a pipe, <laughs> and it's on an IBM mainframe. Sylvia Mensdorf, SVP, Head of EMEA Corporates and International Banking at FIS.